As I laid in my freezing cellar under the main nocturnal village building, I often wondered why they build this strange basement. After descending each night through a manhole in the cupboard, which was in a hidden panic room, located under some stairs, which were located behind a sliding wall, which were located behind a fake set of bookshelves, which was located in a fake room in a fake house. It did make me think about who was the man or woman who built this almost impossible to find room. It was probably either a, something like a freaky paranoid Cold War ma maniac or some kind of sick animal who was into hiding and torturing dead bodies as he screamed at himself for not just giving up and getting a job at Job Warehouse, Burke Street. In other words, I live in an impossible to find, depressing freezing cellar underneath a series of vacant blocks inhabited by a bunch of middle-aged suburban nothings. It's a pretty thoroughly depressing and solitary place and I exist each night for about 10 hours in that place but I guess that's why I love it. Like rolling a 20-foot joint this place provided a sweet and silent retreat. From the mad world outside, my room consisted of an inflatable mattress, a cupboard full of combat-ready army jackets, a poster of Albie Mangles crashing a land cruiser, and an ancient massive TV from the Mesopotamian era. era, era. And it was that Mesopotamian TV that gave me the inspiration to construct a sniper rifle of my own with a barrel that was about 10 metres long that I could slowly feed out my lounge room window into, into the neighbour's window on a hot summer night and execute their children as they watched Young Talent Time. This tele television was only capable of picking up one channel. The inventor had sorted it out. He picked up the local channel largely unknown in Box Hill. It was a ten of television station called Channel 51. Now this channel was broadcasted by a couple of local... Whoops. Good, good on you, mate. Sorry, yeah. I've just got to wrap my lips around this yeah, ritual latte yeah. here. Oh, it's pretty rich. What? How rich did you make it? Three, three I'm not, I didn't ask how what the bloody recipe was. I asked what on the richometer. Where was it on from one to ten? What well, is as rich as a, a corrupt banker? Oh, that's rich. I don't mind telling her. Yeah, it's not bad, you know. It's not bad. Channel 51, yeah. Um, it was broadcast by a couple of local students um, called, nicknames were called Beanie and Jeannie, and they were both janitors. They were um, sort of uh, vigilante janitors. They'd break into the school between about 2 a.m. and 5 a.m., and uh, rich up the place, you know, just get it all rubbed up and rich, like uh, the same way you burn your, uh, rub up your CDs, you know, just get them like mirrors, just, yeah, it's a really big field to get them that clean, clean. Uh, uh, 
so um, yeah, so apparently the story goes, the story behind how they started the Channel 51 goes like this. They tried to get a television commission to get their license, so they and they got refused on that, so they just hijacked the SBS transmission. And because um, the ethnics only showed the test pattern in those hours between 2 and 5 a.m., so there you go, they had a, like a clear window. It's sort of straight down the line, you know, not veering left or right. Just and they got a, they gained a pretty underground following, and only the lowest of the lowly unemployed, or the weak night crawlers and slashed, um, hash stoners, they watched it as they went to sleep. You know, staved off the horror of existence and that. It's just helping them relax. But they love the format. Three guys, one couch. Just talking to them, occasional music performance, uh, people would bring in their transistor radios and play their favourite songs on the transistors on the TV. Um, often they would just show hours of uh, Indian movies, stuff that was really, um, you know, pretty poor to watch. And it only made sense if you were stoned, Kingdom Come. But uh, everyone was, so it made sense. Um, um, oh, they, they were weird movies, so there'd be these chubby women cleaning the floor with men looking like a fatter, sort of fatter, slicker, more relaxed version of Uday Hussain. And I didn't mind watching the Indian shows, I'll tell you what, at 3.30am. But as long as there was a, a fight or... You know, like guys impersonating forest spirits. Like the show was hosted by three guys. So there was a tall bloke, I remember, sort of 20-something. Guy called Runny Caleb, who just sat silent. Didn't say a word. That was his thing. Just rubbed his eyes and sneezed into his long hair, you know. Just like a tissue his hair was. And then he was sort of like a more passive version of um, Joey Ramone but with more silent anger that sort of, that typical sort of type. And the main man was this bloke called Rocket Racker and he, he was sort of fat and get overexcited and he'd talk fast and cheap and just spitting at the camera and sculling all his cheap wine up you know, he ran the show but he made us all laugh, gee he could cause a scene. Sort of like a more druggy John Candy Minus a dog worth of weight. And he'd be sweating and swearing and laughing at his own jokes. Canned laughter it was, in sort of slow machine machine laughter, giving an even stranger kind of twist to the whole thing. And the other guy, the third guy, well, he was just sitting in the background, you know. He, he could just see the shape of it. You could just see the shape of his silhouette behind a curtain. And he'd, sh- he'd shift around and fake, uh, like a fake Max Headroom kind of movement. And he was always, I mean, he was always drunk. And he sounded like an American with a Dalek voice. That kind of sort of voice you hear around the streets sometimes when you're sort of near the back of a 7-Eleven, near the um, dump, dumping grounds. Uh, he was bloody weird, that one. And uh, Racker often claimed that his unknown character, this unknown bloke at the back there, that he had the power to hack any transmission and wreak havoc. 
So, you know, fair enough. So, I'm, I'm just lying there, and I'm in my dingy underground dwelling. Got my pathetic stuff thrown around the bunker. The dank air is just wrecking up my lungs. And I drift off into my usual string of nightmares, you know. All of a sudden, the old familiar nightmares, you know, that just you have every night, you sort of make you feel at home. Um, so all of a sudden, in, I'm sitting there, and I start sensed, sensing a calling. And I just shot, I shot bolt upright, and a weird synth-type noise came out from the distance. But it sounded like from me mum. And it came again, this time from the Alvin Mangles poster. And I'm like, wow, what's that? And it was the Australian bush idiot sexy hunk speaking to me. I mean, that's, I thought that to myself, and I ran out, ran at him, and my, I had my fists up, I was ready to fight, and I was in fear, so I didn't know what else to do. And it happened again. So I was, I flew into a counterattack. I was threw me feces at the wall, and uh, the po- threw some of the poster. And the strange angelic alien noise came from his ridiculous face as he crashed his chariot into an elephant. And uh, you know that pissed me off. So I've just fly- started let me fist fly into the poster and straight through it. Now, half expected broken knuckles as my fist frenzy uh, just rip a poster apart. And to my astonishment, there was a small hole in the wall. What's this? So, and there's a slight cold draft coming through the hole. Now, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I found out, I found what appeared to be a hidden tunnel or a passage. Hello. So I've picked up my sledgehammer, which I always slept with next to me bed every night. And it was a sort of cathartic, sort of exciting, sort of incredible. And what, I was, go- what was I going to find? You know, you can imagine, right? I found another smaller tunnel, which was a real bitch to crawl through. And then I came to another wall, which I just smashed with my already blackened and dirty head. And I didn't have the leverage to swing the hammer. I just fell through. And what do you have there? Another room. This was weird as anything on earth. And I discovered yet another space under the nocturnal village. And I'll tell you what, this, uh, by now my heart's just at about 150 BPM. Because I'm just there, I've been doing, been doing speed five minutes ago. And the room was completely black and it was silent and it was just terrifying. And I shook as I pulled my customised Zippo lighter, which also operated as a bottle opener, and I waved the lighter around, and as my eyes became used to the dark, there ended up being two or three rooms down there. One contained what looked like cans of Span, 1950s bottles of Nunwadding Ale, and other 1950s stuff. Lime, you know, the sort of stuff you used to see in those old 50s houses, you know, like live ammo and stinky rat turds. And I went through the next room, which looked like some kind of, kind of air vent, and I came across the last room, and I froze, just stiff as a board, in the far corner. Something's moved, and I'm just, I'm frozen. And I'm like, is that a rat? Is that a mutant? Is it a chud? And I've readjusted my eyes by putting on Blue Blockers night sunglasses. 
and I see this ghostly figure and I literally crapped my slacks as I screamed and pulled out my machete and I've just yelled at the top of my voice I've just yelled who goes there and a whimper came from the figure and it was covered by an old colourless grey blanket and I couldn't tell if it was an animal or a leopard or an Italian fisherman and I, I approached carefully I sprang forward and I revealed its identity as it happened I paused in utter shock Millipede? Millipede? I've said again Is that you? Well Millipede was part of the rooster brigade and had literally been missing for 15 years Many said I'd murdered him spiritually and maybe I actually had but we hadn't actually been that close really I mean we'd lived together with living at Boggs back in the late 70s and I had the granny flat and he'd hid out the back out the back the corner of the backyard under the wheelbarrow and I made it a daily comedy act to burn his clothes and he'd be the laughing stop even of his own sort of family and ancestors and that and I, I stood 20 feet below the nocturnal village in an abandoned bomb shelter face to face so oh, here I am, looking straight at a living spirit of the past. What did I do? Well, the first thing I've done, I've ran back to the first hellish room where I saw cans of spam and ancient beers, and I, I started throwing them at him as he was cowering in the corner, shaking with fear. And I, I, I just yelled, I was like, a voice just came out of me. See you, millipede. Don't get bitten by them redbacks, you underground mongoose. You know, I was actually terrified. I mean, it was a reminder that the past never leaves. It's always with you, the past. And under the surface is some rotten scumbag, which is going to remind you of how much of a, a terrifying ogre you are. Or, I mean, I am. You know, one is, you know. So I come, I come back out, and some of the animals are watching TV. Um, Wittishan, Peter Paradox... Uh, razor Patchwork and Tense Pump, Test Pump 34 all sat there watching a video of a guy reading a novel called Love Vs. Hate, Rate My Mullet. And um, a man had decided to make a video of himself and somehow these night terrors had gotten their hands on it. An ageing grey scorpion just sitting there, just turning the pages of the novel while the boys just gave hourly ratings of his mullet. Um, and so, you know, with all I've been through, I've just charged in there and I've, I've crash-banged in the middle of it. I've interrupted it, interrupted all of them. And they were literally angry at me for interrupting them from their modern-day, whatever it was, VHS classic. And, and then, I mean, they hadn't realised that there was an underground no-man's land that they could take over like a D-Day bacon, uh, bacon rasher. Um, as the saying goes. So all of a sudden they started running down into the basement and they set up shop. And so I'm sitting there all alone. Yeah, it's, there I am. Hadn't been through all of this and I'm just looking like a fatter version of Kirk Propane's a sludge rock movement. And Rabbit and Coldiron came home and they've, I've told them the bad news. And, uh, you know, we spent the next seven or so hours just trying to bomb them out. But ironically, with a bomb shelter, it's, that's never going to happen. So we drove onto the top of the bunker and kept dropping bombs, shooting out of the rockets and that. 
and playing chamber music, but no, nothing, nothing happening to no avail. And we couldn't get this licorice all sorts of out of the new home, you know. And it was then that I, I realised I needed to sacrifice my torture chamber and just sort them out. So we've pretty much flooded the bunker out and the wet rats came scrambling out of the hole like a couple of solid waterlogged squashed emus. And uh, we turned the old, in the end, we just turned the old bunker into an open sewer pretty much in our future burial ground. Um, we've taken millipede for Coonan Creek, let him loose into a new sewer. Uh, I wouldn't exactly say he looked happy. I mean, I'm just assuming he wasn't angry because he was just slowly and forlornly disappearing into a cave clan territory where, uh, coincidentally, he later joined back up with the Roost Brigade who had a whole community down there. But, uh, you know, good luck to the human rats. Stuff off, you know, feeding and whatever. Uh, rocket to the Yu Yangs, cheapest petrol, price on petrol, race the Greyhound bus on the BMX and start a chopper. Over and out. Reginald, it's uh, Scrooge here. Look, I'm just wondering why you haven't uh, come to the office for quite a while. Just got a few questions about your recent escapades around the tunnels and uh, foxholes and bunkers at Box Hill over the last few months. Just um, wanted to touch base and wondering if you uh, were up to coming down to my place down in the south, out of south suburbs. Uh, yeah, last time was a bit of a ripper. Yeah, you and Fosburn came around. It was a good, good, good evening. We had some good dinner. Look, uh, just you know, I know your latest doll forms haven't quite been up to standard, but um, you, uh, I'm willing to kind of uh, let the let the slime if, if if you know you come over for a nice uh, uh, roast roast with a couple of your mates from the Nocturnal Village, and uh, we'll. We'll have a discussion. I know you're getting a bit of trouble from the locals, but let's have a chat. Anyway, uh, yeah, Roger Scrutiny, give me a call. You know where I am. Okay, mate. Good, good, goodbye.